0: Hello and welcome to Halo 7 Radio. I am Jessica DeLine, here with Rick Sadras. Hey. And Rahul Seti.
1: Hello and welcome.
0: And that sounded a little happy, but we are not a happy bunch here. We're Uh, not happy. We're angry. (laughs) After this last week of performances, I'm not really sure how you go from sweeping the Dodgers to almost getting swept by the worst team in baseball, but it happened. It happened. We almost got swept by the worst team in baseball, and that's, that's not a good look.
2: To be fair, they're actually the second worst team in baseball.
0: Well, I mean, yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: what you, comes Tigers. around
1: goes around.
2: Also, I did um, almost get the series right when I said that we would go, we'd split the series against the Orioles. I was off by one game. So I feel pretty good about that. But not that, about the results. That was just crazy. <laughs> you, did, you did say we would split that series. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. Well, to be honest, though, in, in their defense, the Orioles are above 500 for the month, even after their loss today. So the Orioles have been very good this month.
0: Oh, wait, hold on. How far above 500 are they?
2: For the month, they're one game above 500 now.
0: So they're above 500 because of us. Exactly.
2: Yes. But they were one game below. So it wasn't that bad either.
1: It's depressing.
2: <laughs> that is really depressing. Fortunately, however, oh. Matt Theiss saved us from the ledge. <laughs> <Just
1: barely. laughs> Just i wish we means. would have gotten swept honestly we deserved to we deserve to have gotten swept that series
2: well also at the same time we were like one or two bad calls or um poor unclutched decisions from winning three or four which obviously to some people was still a disappointment because they expected us to sweep but when you expect things in baseball, you're going to be let down.
0: Especially when you expect the Angels to be good.
1: Exactly. <laughs> it's one depressing line after another. We, we can actually look at it this way, actually. Um, it's
2: not that the Angels were world beaters after we swept the Dodgers. It's that the Dodgers are terrible.
0: <laughs> terrible or just terrible for those two games? Terrible. Hmm. They were terrible for four games against us. Hey, I want to go back to Matt Theis for a minute, though, because it's one of the positive things on the week. He had a 1.512 OPS on the week, which is crazy.
2: And you're probably the biggest believer in him, and you have been for quite a while.
0: Um, Yeah, I have been. And if he can convert to third base and be able to play some first, then third, it gives him some more flexibility, which is great, because uh, we have some other first basemen that are, you know, knocking on the door as well.
2: Well, the big thing that I took away from his performance, though, is that I mean, he only struck out once this week, which is incredibly low for him. (laughs) (laughs) Because like last week and the week before that, um, he couldn't stop swinging at nothing. So, for him to actually have four hits, five RBIs, and three home runs and two walks against one strikeout on the week, I mean, you gotta you gotta give him the MVP of the week easily, easily, definitely. Easily? Easily.
0: Easily. David Fletcher had 10 hits, a couple of stolen bases, 433 on base. I don't know if I'd say easily. I don't think
2: there is any (laughs) way you can argue for a guy literally doubling the OPS of the other. Okay.
0: (laughs) Fine. It wasn't literally double, but it was close.
2: It's almost literally double.
0: (laughs) If If only Fletcher hit home runs.
2: True. Man, you need to change your sortable stats. You need to move over to OPS, not to average.
0: I'm looking at OPS too. I get that. <laughs> but sh- you know what? People like Matt Theis aren't going to drive people like the da- uh, people like David Fletcher in if they're not on base.
2: Ooh. well, Ooh, that's burn. very true. Burn. <laughs> what about what about people like Taylor Ward that got on 100 percent of times that they batted?
0: Wait, what?
1: <laughs> he did.
0: Yeah, just look. This is news to me. He, Look at
2: Taylor oh, Ward. he was 0 for yeah. 1 with a walk.
0: No, he but, was 0 for 0 with a walk. 0 for 0 with a walk. You talk about small <laughs> sample size. You can drive zero. those kinds of guys in. That was a literally literally a zero <laughs> sample size. <when> <laughs> All no, but, right, Rick.
2: <laughs> you
1: win this time. <laughs>
2: no, but yeah, <laughs> Matt Theis and probably the other big one that um, I would give props to was Calhoun, because he basically is the only reason Mm -hmm. we won the first two games
1: of the week. Yeah,
0: (laughs) Absolutely. It's crazy. He didn't walk once last week, but he he had a good performance for sure.
1: Calhoun is the reason that we're not jumping off the ledge right now.
0: I thought it was Matt Thais. No, no.
1: (laughs) No, I think if we lost (laughs) both of the Dodgers games and then we were on the precipice of getting swept by the Orioles, Mm. you know. That's true. You know, that's that's everything right there. That's all your hopes and dreams. Not to mention Kissing
2: the goodbye. losses before the Dodgers games, some of those.
0: And, and I want to list off some names now that we've talked about some positive. I want to list off some names that were just a disaster last week. It's going to start with Shohei Otani, Andrelton Simmons, Albert Pujols, Justin Upton, Kevin Smith, Louis Renjifo. We're all just terrible. What happened? Otani at least had a
2: good on base. Renhifo, felt decent on base, but yeah, yeah o- the Otani Otani had a had a home run to bolster his that stats and everything. A home run and a triple actually, but um, no, they just I have no idea what happened. But the Orioles they kept our hitters off balance like crazy. It was wild how many pop ups we had. Like even just today, like. There were there were three consecutive pop ups after a single or something like that. And then the next out was also a pop up. And I was like, what the heck is going on? Like I don't know if they're all just trying to like launch it into the seats because they're they're pressing from the first three games. Or <laughs> or if maybe um the Orioles pitching is actually better than advertised.
0: I don't think it's the latter.
2: <laughs> I mean Wojo's pretty good.
0: But yeah. So and Jonathan LaCroix might be coming back soon, right? Oh Ooh. Yeah. That's Which, gonna
2: be that's gonna be a huge boon to the team. Well, you know me. I love my Lucroy.
0: Garnot and Smith <laughs> wanna combine two for twenty-three, so maybe it will be. Well.
2: Okay, you're not looking at defensive <laughs> metrics. <laughs> True.
0: Those are not on this page. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: I am not optimistic once he returns. We already are struggling with our pitching. It's going to get worse.
1: I think uh, Kevin Smith and Dustin Garneau has been a very nice um, backstop tandem for us. You have Garneau, who's you know pretty good on the defensive side, and then you have Smith, who's good on the offensive side. And when you put them together, you can definitely get through games, um, regardless of the order of who starts. So... Um when Jonathan Lucroy comes back you're probably going to lose Garno which means that the Angels get infinitely worse defensively and I am not looking forward to that.
0: <laughs> infinitely ah oh, poor Lucroy. <laughs> <laughs> poor poor Lucroy.
2: <laughs> on the uh, the last good hitter on the week was probably going to be Goodwin. Right, we didn't mention him, but yeah, he was. We want he, was the, he was putting the bat on the ball pretty well. He's been swinging and missing less. It looks yeah. like, which is good. It's more like what we saw in the first part of the season. So I That's hope he true. Can continue. On the and pitching get side, defensively though, as well.
0: Yeah, let's go to the pitching side. I want to rage about that for a minute. Well,
2: about... <laughs> well, here's the thing: you look at half of that, and half of it's actually really, really, really good. Yes. But the other half makes you want to vomit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and there's not much in between here.
0: So, a question. Is a batting average against higher than 400 bad for a pitcher?
2: <laughs> I think yes. it could be better.
0: Because we've got a few of those guys. One of them, oh. Griffin Canning, who pitched in that 800-inning game that we had the other night. <laughs> now, oh, no.
2: Okay, no, no. so I already knew that the game that Canning pitched in we would lose. I assumed it was the Wojo game, which was an automatic loss in my opinion, and I, I said as much in the previous podcast. Um, but it's also because Canning earlier in the season got rocked by the Orioles, by these same, by this, these same guys. And so I was not optimistic about the start. So when he didn't start, I was pretty happy, but he also is the reason why we lost the first game. So you can't really win.
0: <laughs> so last week was kind of odd because we had some pitchers who you would hope be, would be better, but they weren't. Like Robles and Butry did not have a good week. And then we had some pitchers that were pretty decent, like some of the new guys, like Mejia, Rodriguez, uh, Pena had a pretty good week, Berea bedrosian bard what happened it was like backwards week
2: well first of all buttry hasn't been good for a while
0: well yeah we did discuss that <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't yeah. been good yeah. since like but he but he yeah. gave up seven hits in three innings last week that was terrible yeah he it's hasn't not a good been week. good
2: since may at least yep yeah. um nick tropiano is nick tropiano and you guys know how I feel about him. I hate him more than oh, I hate Lucroy, And him. that's not easy to say. Whoa. <laughs>
0: so you'd rather have a cardboard cutout pitch than Tropiano?
2: Well, you have to get the ball to the base. <laughs>
0: well, you can Nick, put a little spring mechanism on it. <laughs>
1: Nick, if you're listening to this, you know how Rick feels about you. I You've used to Warren. like you.
2: I used to like you. A long time ago. <laughs>
0: gonna be really awkward when you two run into each
2: other next. Oh, okay, when I run into him next, next time he's in Texas, in San Antonio <laughs> randomly. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan Peters, I don't, I don't know what to think about that. It was kind of like, I, I don't know. It was,
0: it was Dylan Peters. What, what are you gonna expect out of that? Every
2: guy? starter was had a rough go of it against the Orioles bats. I mean, the Orioles bats are better than the Angels bats as a like takeaway trout. The Orioles lineup is better. But it's hard to know for certain whether or not that was just Peters being Peters or whether it was whether it was just like, you know, just a bad game.
1: The most frustrating part about the Orioles series to me by far was the fact that the Angels were almost in it every single game if mm-hmm. they would just have competent starting pitching then this would not be a close series at all. This would be in the Angels' favor the entire way.
2: I'm going to take the opposite opinion, because like I said, I think the Orioles' lineup, arguably from the top to the bottom, is superior to the Angels when you take away Trout.
1: And I don't know that that's saying that much right now.
2: Well, I'm talking about on the season as a whole, but what I was going to say was, The thing about the Orioles is that their starting pitching has allowed, what is it, the most home runs in baseball, and we did not take advantage of that. We took very little advantage of it, actually. So I was very, very unhappy with the way that we um, made contact personally. Also, their defense was surprisingly good. Mm -hmm. They made some outstanding defensively, especially in the first game. Man, that defense was frustrating me. So the Orioles is a Orioles, completely different team than we saw like a year ago.
1: So you said the Orioles' uh, offense was good on the year, better than the Angels.
2: When you take away Trout, I think that they have a better offense in general.
1: The Orioles on the season have an eighty-seven WRC plus, which is not good.
2: Okay, I'm talking about the players specifically. I'm not talking about their benches. <laughs>
1: You're including Chris
2: Davis. <laughs> that drags it down a lot. Chris
1: Davis starts every day.
2: <laughs> I don't know what no, you're he, talking about. No, he didn't about. start any
1: of these days. Pretty sure he started a few days.
2: No. <laughs> Were you watching, Rahul?
1: <laughs> maybe I really checked balling. out. I maybe, probably checked out by the fifth inning.
0: I think he was balling <laughs> instead.
2: <laughs> Chris Davis was not starting. Chris Davis is so bad. I know he is. But anyway,
0: we so can you move were, on. I think you were doing a comparison there, though, Rahul. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. They were 87. 87 okay. and what? You know what? I want to know what the angels are.
2: You know what? Now I'm now I'm, frustrated. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> now
0: you're frustrated.
1: Now I'm frustrated.
0: No. I was already, so, so, I
2: was mad before, but now I'm frustrated.
1: So the Angels are at 108, and the Orioles are at 87. Okay. So even if you take out so Trout, you the take Angels would be better by a lot.
2: You take out Trout, and there. Yes, I understand that, but, but let me do which this really
1: contradicts fast. your point. <laughs> I'm <laughs> not going to let you.
2: I'm not going to let you beat me here. Let me see <laughs> something. His really
0: raging.
1: <laughs> well, I can't let you say something that's blatantly false and build your argument around that. <laughs> well, you know
2: what? I don't like you anyway. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I actually just meant like the top half of their lineup. Like they all have guys that are like OPSing around like 850 to 900. So, in general, I think that their their li- the top of their lineup is stronger when you take away Trout. So,
1: sure. That's fair. Trey Mancini has a 125 WRC+. Renato Nunez, who killed us in a few games, had a 120 WRC+. Um, Pedro Severino, the catcher, has a 116 WRC+. Anthony Santander killed us a few games, 122
2: WRC+. And uh, I just think it's a well-rounded team. That sounds pretty, you know, yeah. even across the board, solid. It's not all wrapped up in one player, you know what I mean? <laughs> For sure, yeah. So, anyway, that's yeah. that's just what I think about their lineup. Because
0: the Angels have guys like Upton who did absolutely nothing.
1: <laughs> sad face.
0: Uh, sad face.
1: <laughs> well,
2: I did want to talk about, really really fast, I don't want to mention each of them name by name, but with all those relievers you talked about that allowed like either zero or one run this week, you have to give some credit to them because they all pitched a lot. A lot this week. Especially for it only being six games. There's no reason that Taylor Cole should have almost pitched five innings worth. There's no reason that Mejia should have almost four innings after prior to being DFA'd. Bedrosian had three innings, all scoreless. I mean, Pena pitched 8.2 innings, so credit to him. He was the mm-hmm. only bulk pitcher to actually do anything, really. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean there that were definitely it. some good pitching performances, but what what really hurt us was the majority of the starters, the all the other starters other than Peña. <laughs> and well,
0: also and, and some of the key bullpen people.
1: And also let's remember that, you know, our starters continually continually going 5 innings or less puts a huge strain on the bullpen to soak mm-hmm. up all those extra innings. It has to get soaked up somewhere and that performance definitely suffers right there when you don't have a length have the length i mean the angels don't even have a long reliever on their roster which is frankly unacceptable and we already said that we thought we should have
2: mostly long relievers in a previous exactly. episode but <laughs> instead we have um well i mean basically all of our starters are effectively long relievers at this point
1: like two which or is three the, innings a start. not, not <laughs> ideal
2: <laughs> it's just it's not because they were uh they were meant to
1: only go two or three innings.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: I think we can move on.
0: We can. I, I want to go. I touched on Upton for a minute there, though. Do you guys know what his OPS is this year?
1: Um, I'm going to guess
2: 775. I'm going to wait. I'm going to guess
0: 683. Uh, Rick, you are much closer. Yeah. <laughs>
1: What is it? That's he is ninth, very specific.
0: He's ninth on the team. He has a 731 OPS, which is worse than Poolhouse.
1: Yikes!
2: Wow. Yep. I saw him in the low 700s earlier. I think last night, but I didn't remember exactly where he was, and I didn't know what he did today. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's not not good. Not what we want out of him for sure.
1: He uh, he is continuing to struggle in high leverage situations, and that's where we need him to perform the most. Instead, he's out here hitting extra bases in garbage time when no one's even watching. So, um, definitely disappointed by Justin Upton's performance this season, and a good chunk of last season as well, but if he can't pick it up, that's going to be a tough pill to swallow because he's only in the second year of his deal, he's got three more years after this, and then...
0: Spoiler alert! It's gonna. Spoiler alert! It's gonna alert, be a tough pill to swallow. It's not looking
1: forward. great right now.
2: <laughs> the the thing that you mentioned about the garbage time home runs and stuff, um, I definitely, I'm definitely feeling even more confident than I did than I was before that Upton is struggling in high level situations because he's pressing. I am confident he is frustrated at his own performance. And he's trying too hard, and it's not working out for him. I I just know it because, like you said, when, when it was late in the game, and he hit that opposite field home run, and it was an easy swing, it was because we were already out of it. We were already out of it. He looked completely comfortable at the plate, and then he put, put a good swing on the ball and went out. But yeah. whenever there's runners on base, I mean, he knows that he's struggled the past year or so, year and a half. He knows he has, and so you can tell in his face that he's frustrated. I don't understand people that say he doesn't care, because he obviously cares. If anything, I think he cares too much. I think I mean, he's, he's not the kind of guy who's gonna like throw a fit. He's not. He's not gonna take the ball and throw it over the center field fence. <laughs> 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 he's not Trevor Bauer, but I think he definitely cares too much, and I think he's he's pressing. I'm absolutely positive.
1: I hate to generalize on players specifically, um, but every time that Justin Upton steps to the plate, it seems like he's got this look on his face that he just looks like a deer in the headlights, like he's putting, trying to put the entire world on his shoulders, and regardless of what he does, it feels like when I watch his face during his at-bat, it feels like he can't live up to his own expectations regardless of what he does. And it's just this negative feedback loop that is continuing to get worse.
2: It's kind of followed him since it, since he became a major leaguer. to be honest. He always had such hype around him and everything. We had a lot of hype when we acquired him. I mean, he's always had this level of expectations around him where he feels like he just can't live up to it, I think.
1: Right, but I think it's specifically a lot worse in the last two seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, especially last season when he started having all these struggles with hitting with runners in scoring position. Um, I think he hit less than 200 last year with runners in scoring position, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's the same thing this year. Um, But it definitely seems like it's gotten worse because he didn't have this bad of a problem in Detroit as a Tiger. He was fine there.
0: Because
2: remember, nobody cared cared about the Tigers while he was there. Tigers were good.
1: (laughs) They had Miguel Cabrera... Not while he um, was there. <laughs> Martinez, J.D. Martinez, several other guys as well. They're a good team. What? They had hitters. How long was Upton in Detroit? Um, At least two, three years.
2: He was in Detroit since 2016.
1: Oh, wow, that's less than I imagine. But they yeah. still had a good lineup, both of those years.
2: But the Tigers sucked both years is what I'm saying. They really did. They, they sucked.
1: <laughs> yeah, but they still had high expectations both years.
2: Well, people need to stop expecting anything out of the Ale Central, to be honest. Anyway. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Got him.
0: <laughs> Ouch. All right. So I wanted to talk about a couple of the minor league guys that had some good weeks. Um... Justin Bohr continues. Oh, I thought
2: you were going to do your little trivia thing again. Uh,
0: No, no. <laughs> we'll just jump right into the <laughs> You're too guys. angry for well, that. We already, yeah, <laughs> we, already, we already kind of talked about them, so you're going to know who they are anyway.
1: Rage, rage.
0: Uh, this is not rage. This is good, but it's it's AAA. Justin Boer, um is hitting 183 uh, for the Angels this year, but 330 with a 464 on base and for Salt Lake. He was 7 for 13 last week with three home runs and eight walks. It's That's ridiculous. why they call wow. him
2: Bustin' Justin.
0: He, was ridiculous. he had like a 700 on base last week or something. I ridiculous. don't
1: think anyone calls him that.
2: What about Bortobello Crush Room? They call him that. <laughs>
0: <They should. laughs> we're gonna now.
2: Write that down. <laughs> no, they yeah. do call him that. i was joking. Oh, <laughs> really? Do. Yes, they do.
0: They call him they Really?
2: Yes, Bordaberry Crush Room. It's not my. It's not my pun. I promise you.
0: Oh my gosh, I love that. I never heard that before. <laughs> That's right. hilarious. So he continues to impress in AAA, as does another first baseman,
1: Jared Walsh.
0: Yeah, he sure does impress in Salt Lake. He was he hit five hundred last week, I believe. Three, six, nine, 10, 12, four, 24. Yep, he hit 300, or 500, with five home runs last week. He is tearing it up. He has 25 home runs now this year.
1: He's just about ready for another uh, Major League stint.
0: Where he can come hit 240 again. Cool. (laughs) Hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, but first base is getting crowded, right? We've got Dice there now. We've got Justin Borah, We've got Jared Walsh.
1: Might as well make it a party while you can.
0: We've got Albert Pujols. We don't really need any first basemen.
2: We should yeah. honestly just care. To be honest, we should actually probably just carry Jared Walsh on the roster as a reliever, and then when he needs to fill in at first base, we have him do so.
1: That's what honestly, should happen. <laughs> probably better than Luke Bard, or whoever your seventh reliever is going to be anyways in this organization.
2: Oh, Oh, oh! By the way, we forgot to mention Jose Rodriguez, but we can talk about him in a second. I wanted to you touch can, on him a yeah. second.
1: Oh, that's right. He's-
0: you can talk about him now. The other, the other AAA guy I had was Taylor Ward, who continues to hit really well there, but not at the big league level. So.
2: Well, it's still he's still young, but anyway, <laughs>
1: it's um, still early. It
2: is early. We have ah. a, we have a full like what sixty games to go. No, just under <laughs> that
0: actually um
1: that's the entire nba season
0: <laughs> <laughs> the game the games don't count until august we're fine everybody exactly
1: <laughs> no but
2: with jose rodriguez um and, and i think andrew uh, turk's teeth actually um touched on this as well in the when we were talking and stuff but he was sitting 94 95 and man he actually looked pretty darn good i haven't looked at him as an as a legitimate prospect in a couple of years like, we all knew about him back when, the, back when the farm was literally nothing. But he kind of faded, faded into obscurity over time. But I was actually genuinely surprised. I didn't even realize he was in the upper minors until we called him up.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just remember him being at high A. That's probably the last time I took a legitimate look at him. Um, exactly. But I was surprised that he had done so well in the upper minors. And by and so well, he... I mean that he had good stuff, not that he had a great ERA, <laughs> because he didn't. <laughs> spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> but he he flashed some really good stuff. He had a great changeup, great slider. Um, and I think that is going to be enough to play in the big leagues.
0: Let's hope so. Um, this past week <laughs> was... Every, everybody wanted to buy and... Go gung ho after we swept the Dodgers. It's like we're going all in. We're gonna win. We're gonna win. And then the Orioles came, and reality came crashing down. I, I know we did. Rick and I disagree with this one, but I don't. I don't want to buy at this point because you're you're buying for a chance at a wild card. I mean, there is this See, scenario. You're where looking you're, at it wrong. Uh,
2: <laughs> earlier, earlier I was all for buying at a chance of a wild card but you're supposed to be buying for the future. You're supposed to be preparing. If you keep putting on the prep, putting off the preparations, you'll never be prepared.
1: <laughs> what does that even mean?
2: It means it's a buyer's market right now, apparently because of Stroman no. going for 245 value prospects. So we should be probably buying with, while it's a buyer's market. We shouldn't wait until the until we have to give up a Dell for something stupid like a 2
1: we should like, be a two? To,
2: like, like a two? Like a number two starter. Okay. We should be buying while prices are low. Nobody is looking to overspend on trades right now. Everybody is keeping the entire thing depressed. That could change. You never know.
0: That it could change. We'll see. That,
2: that is a fair ones. argument.
1: I think that at the deadline, typically... Typically, I'm not saying this is what has happened this time, but typically prices are inflated because teams want to make the postseason, um, and so compared to the offseason, prices for players are inflated compared to what they usually are. Um, I think this offseason might be an exception, or this deadline might be an exception to that. As you said, Strowman went for relatively little, um, and... The Angels are in a place where they don't have any pitching at all, Um, and Annie is being generous here, (laughs) Um, but if they can acquire some assets that can extend several seasons out in controllability, um, then that's definitely something that they should look into. Now that being said, As it stands, per fan graphs, the Angels have a 1.2% chance of making the playoffs. So let's not get too crazy here when we refer to the Angels as, when Rick refers to the Angels as buyers, um, because they're definitely not looking for short term upgrades. Um, If they can, you know, personally, I would be in favor of trading Cole Calhoun, who's been red hot recently, um, trading some of the relievers who have been doing well as well. Um, look at trading Cam Bedrosian, who's had a pretty nice season, and potentially Hansel Robles as well, um, who has, you know, at least four years of control after this season.
2: And you know, in a vacuum, I would say that Suarez plus Sandoval would have also acquired Marcus Stroman. I mean. I don't think that we want to give up Suarez. I don't think he, we're going to trade him. I think he's he's young enough where the team is extremely optimistic about his future. I think they really project him to, to be something great. I don't know um, if that's accurate, but I think that's what they expect out of him. But I am pretty confident that we can, if we need to, get some pitchers. I oh, Sorry, not if we need to. We do need to. We can provide the assets in this buyer's market to get controllable starters which is what we need we don't need to just keep on waiting and saying oh well during the off season we'll do it no we need to do it asap yeah but we don't need to try and buy a rental that's not what i'm asking for i'm asking for us to buy with the intention to compete in the near future
1: and another thing um, to consider is that the Angels do not have a great track record of developing starting pitching talent. Um, if anything, it's probably the opposite, especially when you look at uh, the record of injuries in recent years. Whether you believe that's an anomaly or not, the reality is that they have not been able to consistently develop their own talent. So in order to get that, they either have to sign it or they have to go out and trade what they have in exchange for it. To be fair. Um, also,
2: um, just a little, a little side, the, the angels do actually have a really good track record of drafting, pitching talent, but not developing it. Right. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is the nail in the coffin. <laughs> exactly.
2: You need, you need the development more than the drafting. <laughs>
1: Yeah. That is true, yeah. So, Jessica, how do you feel um, about the Angels positioning at this deadline?
0: I, I, I've i said, I mean, I'd rather see them as sellers and build for the future um, than try to get rid of any prospects that are going to uh, get them not really anywhere this year. They're, they're not, they can't compete. I think this last series really showed us that. And part of me was kind of hoping that they would get swept so that the Angels would realize... Yeah, we're not. We can't compete. If you can't beat the Orioles, then I don't know. Where are you going to go from there?
2: Yeah. Well, I guess this is an an appropriate time to mention those three um, possible trades that I had come up with. Um, (laughs) Just so you know, guys, this is not a – we're not sponsored by anybody or anything like that, but I found a a cool website called Baseball Trade Values, Um, and basically on there it lets you – They have algorithms and stuff, but it lets you figure out how to uh, trade values and stuff and what would be an appropriate and fair trade. And I came up with three on there um, just because people keep saying, like, well, what would you actually do? What would you do? Well, fortunately, I was able to actually go ahead and figure that out. Uh, (laughs) So if I was interested in selling assets and building for the future but also competing very, very soon – the first trade I put was that I would trade Brandon Marsh, Jeremiah Jackson, and $4 million in cash for Caleb Smith. That would obviously, you know, that kind of gets rid of some of our, that gets, gets rid of one of our long-term prospects and also an outfield prospect that is going to be blocked in favor of, in my opinion, I, I love Caleb Smith and I think he is a top of the rotation pitcher. Um, I, that might be a little aggressive of an opinion, but in my opinion, he's that good. And then, this is a controversial one. The second one I made was with the Cardinals. It was Calhoun for now. Get this for Fowler, Krisner, Ponce De Leon, and nineteen million in cash. What? Basically, what I'm doing there is that's a hard sell. Wow. I'm basically taking on a bad contract in order to get a good catching prospect. And also a starter, Ponce de Leon. And also, I mean, the cash helps too. That offsets a lot of the bad contract. Um, Calhoun's not worth very much. But doing that, Fowler is having a bounce-back season this year. He's actually been not that bad at all, and his defense has also rebounded as well. He's been serviceable this year. Exactly. And the contract sucks, which is the reason why this works. Otherwise, if the contract was good, he'd be worth too much. And then finally, the last one I had... Now, this was a three-team trade. This was just for fun. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It it all balanced out, though, with the values and everything. So I kind of... I think I fleeced the Rangers a little bit. I should probably adjust this, but... I had Lance Lynn from the Rangers and Andrelton Simmons from us going to the Rays. I had the Rangers acquiring Jamai Jones, Jack Kruger, and Jose Suarez... And I had the Angels getting Shane Baz, Emilio Pagan, and Colwyn.
1: Yeah, there's no way that's happening.
2: <laughs> yeah, according to the values, it's it's very, very similar. But I think that what would have to happen is the the Rays would have to get Suarez, and then the Rays would give up a top prospect to the Rangers. I think that's how it would end up working out. But um, anyway, what happens there is, I mean, if I, if I switch it up that way, we still get the same prospects back. We still give up the same amount. And... In my opinion, we have too much pitching then, and we have a high level catcher, and we also have a bunch of prospects coming in that are really, really close and we'll actually have better pitching. So I just thought I just thought it was fun because you know I was able to play with the numbers and everything and able and able to pull off some fun trades that look a lot better than the ones that we did in our If I Were Appler series.
1: Well, the downside there is if you acquire Baz, then you re- basically ruin his development. <laughs>
2: <Ooh>. <laughs> well, you still need prospects, okay? <laughs> <I> mean...
1: Fair. <laughs>
2: but, right, the, oh, but just so you know, Pagan. By the way, was because we need we need pitchers. So like we have to get through the season somehow. <laughs> like we can't just not get through the season.
0: <laughs> we need some arms, yeah. <laughs>
1: Alright, well that last one was definitely a, a huge fleecing for the Angels, which will never happen. But I like the idea of the first two. I like the train of thought there. Thank you.
2: Just so you know, like I said, the three team trade, I mean that's obviously a lot a lot more fishy, but <laughs> like Right. But yeah, I had fun with that. That was that was a lot of fun. Shout out to them. <laughs>
1: All right.
0: Yeah. All right. So, I think we've we've covered the last week and trade stuff enough we for did, now. We yeah. We so got to preview the next week. Yeah, let's talk about next week here.
2: Oh, I thought you were finishing up. <laughs> no,
0: we're gonna, we're going to talk about next week. We're going <laughs> to We're going to talk about the series we play the Tigers, who are the worst team in baseball. Woo! And then we play the Indians in Cleveland.
2: Oh, no. <sighs> How many games against the Indians?
0: Three? Three? Uh, three games.
2: Oh. So we get an off day after the Tigers, right?
0: Uh, we... Yes, we do. We're, we're off on Thursday.
1: Thank goodness.
2: Okay, two and four.
1: <laughs> the decidedly pessimistic take...
0: I think I'm going to go three and three. I, I think we'll go 500 again this week.
2: No, I think three and three is probable, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I I'm was definitely a little too, well, I got the number right last week, but my pessimism paid off,
1: so. <laughs> <laughs> I think we are treading water, um, building a bridge to nowhere. Um, three and three is my take as well.
2: So who are the starters for the Tigers.
0: Uh, we get to face Jordan Zimmerman.
2: That should be a win for us. And
0: a seven point five seven ERA. Nice. And he's zero and eight on the season. Well, you Ooh. know what?
2: Actually, hang on, hang on. Last year, I th- if I recall correctly, he beat us. I think. I think he beat us, even though he was also just almost as bad, like six ERA bad. So there's that to look forward to. <laughs> I'm thinking that maybe um. Who, who's the second starter?
0: Um, Drew Ver, Verhagen. I don't even know who that is.
2: Vanderhagen or no Verhagen? What? Verhagen. He
0: has a lovely strikeout, so he's probably pitched like twice.
2: All right, you know what? I'm gonna be serious. I think we're gonna go ahead and sweep the Tigers. I didn't say that against, against the Orioles because they they really were. Wait, hold on. Like, solid
0: but before you say that we face daniel norris the lefty on wednesday
2: i still think we're gonna sweep the tigers i've watched their games (laughs) i had watched the orioles and i had watched the tigers okay i was able to see the orioles beat the red sox series i was able to see them win against several games i didn't think they were going to win so i was pretty optimistic about the orioles but for, for, for them anyway but the tigers i watched them play Against the Indians, I watched them play against a whole bunch of other teams, expecting them to do something, and it was a downright embarrassment. We are going to sweep the Tigers. If we do not, I will genuinely be upset this time. I don't expect wins at all, but I have watched their sad sack team, and they are pathetic.
1: (laughs) You have desecrated the good Detroit name.
2: I did not appreciate how bad they are. Seriously, the Royals have given the Indians a run for their money in every single game. You know, they earned their stripes. The Orioles, same thing. AL East, they've been playing hard. But the Tigers look like a double-A affiliate of the Tigers. Okay? They look that bad.
1: (laughs) Who's the Tigers' double-A affiliate? We have to make fun of them now.
2: I don't know. They even tweeted or something like that, saying, "Bless you, boys!" Did even tweeted saying like just a whole bunch of horrible things about their own team. I just, I <laughs> have I, just, I can't fathom. I can't fathom losing this series.
1: The Double A Erie SeaWolves. Yeah.
2: See, it would be eerie losing to them. No.
0: Well, um, the SeaWolves are fifty-eight and forty-five, so the Tigers wish they could be them.
2: <laughs> yeah. okay they look like the single a affiliate of the t- well no then they probably have casey mize coming in soon um, as uh,
1: <laughs> as long as we're not facing matthew boyd i think that we'll be okay in the tiger series with regards to winning all three games
2: boyd will probably be traded before well I mean, he'll probably be traded during the series anyway norris might even be traded during the series possibly so i'm i'm confident i'm confident that we will win this series i pretty sure we're going to sweep it but i'm only saying that because i've watched their games and it is disgraceful
0: (laughs) wow tell us how you really feel it is atrocious
2: man i was i was angry watching how bad they were
1: the title the title of this podcast is going to be rick doesn't hold back
0: (laughs) he sure doesn't the to be honest
2: To be honest, the Tigers this year look worse than the Orioles last year. And that's That's how bad they look. It's it's rivaling 2003 Tigers level.
1: Jeez. Uh, Okay. Okay. (laughs) I didn't know that you had this strong of an opinion on the Tigers.
0: Do we get to face Bauer next weekend? I hope so. I want to see him throw a ball over center field fence.
1: (laughs) He might get traded.
0: That that is true. He might not be even be there by next weekend. He
2: might even be an angel.
0: Ooh, <laughs> so he can throw a ball over our fence. Marine oh, layer. trust me,
2: trust me. We already have marine enough layer. balls to go over the fence as oh, it is. Snap. We don't need
1: his <laughs> assistance. <laughs> wow. Marine layer.
0: Do I, I don't think we're gonna get the marine layer in August. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. He has
2: he had juice balls to help him out. I'm sure it wouldn't have gone over the fence if <laughs> it. uh... <laughs>
0: that was pretty great I lo- are you I love doubting that.
1: Trevor Bauer's strength I've seen that. his long
2: toss but man that was a little wild <laughs> he didn't even put any effort into it you saw the video like it looked like yeah. he just lobbed it
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that was great how, I don't know who was in center field but I love how they didn't even realize what was going on they didn't even see him do it Did you see one how of the second... infielders
1: flinched
2: yeah I was going to say you see how the infielder like freaked out he's like oh my god he's going to hurt me <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right so we'll see where he ends up and if we get to face him or not next weekend we don't we don't otherwise know who's pitching uh in that series which will be earlier games because the angels will be in the central time zone which is good for you rick
2: i mean kind of kind of <laughs> i also work so yeah
0: oh, well yeah <laughs> All right. That being said, do we have anything else to cover for this week?
1: I don't know. <laughs> it will be interesting to observe what the Angels do at the deadline, which is most likely nothing. <laughs> but we'll find out soon. So that's we that. Sure
0: will. A couple more days. Yeah,
2: I hope they make some move.
1: Do something. <laughs> don't
2: stand pat. Buy or sell, but do not do that anymore.
1: Would you be Would you be opposed to the Angels doing both? That's basically what I did in my
2: trade values I did trade things I did. Yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: that's true. I did, did
2: buying yeah. and selling. Buy long
1: term, <laughs> sell short term. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Alright. Well I think that's good. Um thank you for joining us this week, everyone. Until next time. Thanks, Thanks guys. Everyone. Have a
2: great day. I'm still angry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Bye. <sighs>